Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Elizabeth Dutton. Zarin. You know what's ridiculous? I do. Oh, really? Multi-level marketing. How so? Because there are a couple of things that make it especially ridiculous, aside from the fact that it's trying to pretend it's it's legal when it really <laughs> isn't. But the fact that you're going to, like, pressure friends to come over to your house and mm-hmm. look at this garbage that you're selling, no one wants it. Wait a minute. I want Tupperware. Well, and, like, was it Pampered Chef? Have you ever been invited to a Pampered Chef party? No, Probably I, don't not. Fr- I don't have friends like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pressure. And then uh, the idea, too, this, like, it's ridiculous to think you're going to make money on this stuff because you're not. You've, like the downsell, like you have to recruit all these salespeople mm-hmm. beneath you. I've written about the stories like this for crime scams. Like the there was a black mud scam where people mm-hmm. were trying to sell like, oh, we got this dirt and it's really important. And it was constantly, the only thing I can uh, compare it to obviously is a Ponzi scheme. It seems like you'd have to constantly get to get new investors. It's it, totally, it's a total a new, you know, pyramid scheme. Ponzi. Customers, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is it's like, like the LuLaRoe one, mm-hmm. there are class action lawsuits right now mm-hmm. that are accusing it. Like they're they are in the process of being sued. They're still just like pulling people just in, amwaying along. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Knock That's it off. Straight up ridiculous. Yeah, it well, is. Okay. What else is ridiculous? I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. It's a story. So 
Hope you got your ears on. Do, I do. It's a story of a one-time cop who was also a firefighter. He was an accountant, a school teacher. He wrote books. He was a U.S. Marine. He was also a postal carrier. He was a private dick, you know, like a PI. Mm -hmm. He was in the music business. He booked uh, (laughs) acts for both country and Western, broad-minded. He was also the most famous polygamist in America. Oh, Oh. Yeah, yeah, big dude. Yeah, and, uh, he he's starred, got a lot going on. He was a man of many careers, and he starred in the movie that was made about him. It was called Alex Joseph and His Wives. He starred in his own? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's like that. All right. Now, the exact count is unknown, but it's estimated that over the course of his lifetime, he was married to 20 different wives. Oh. Yep, yep. Oh, dear. And during that time, he fought the government to keep them as his polygamous sister wives. Hmm. Yeah. Now, when he finally died on his death certificate, in the space where it puts, like, what was this man's occupation? <laughs> he said, please fill in the word pirate. <sighs> yeah. Now, others would have said, put in the words cult leader. Yeah, it sounds like it. So this is the story of Alex Joseph. <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Elizabeth, you yes. ready to hear about Alex Joseph and his many, many wives? I think so. I think I might be. Okay, well, I want you to have a sense of this guy. Because, like, as I told you, he's got so many damn occupations. We're going to have to just get a sense of, like, you know, the outline of the man, if you mm-hmm. will. All right? Now, for a quick little bio sketch... Alex Joseph starts out of his life in Central California. He is basically in Merced, Modesto area. He goes to Modesto High. Good California boy, grows up in farmland country, right? Mm-hmm. He moves around a little bit in his young years, and he goes and switches up faiths. He uh, starts out, he's in the Greek Orthodox Church. He decides to change and become a Mormon. So he was in a, is he Greek? He's No, he converted to Greek Orthodox, and then he uh. converts to uh, Mormonism. So Ooh, in his young okay. life, he uh, converts to two different religions. Then he goes and joins the Marines. That becomes his new religion. Religion, mm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then he spends the four years in the core, uh, but he decides, you know what? I got to ditch these guys because in his words, quote, they are really a bunch of pansies. Oh. Yeah, he's a real hardcore. Yeah, tough, tough, toxic. tough act. Yeah. Nice and toxic. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get really deep into that. Now, uh, after the him becoming a Marine and him deciding that they're a bunch of pansies, he's like, you know what, I'm going to go become a cop because maybe that's the kind of like danger and edge I need, right? Does four years as a cop, but he's like, that's nah, not enough. Mm. I need more. Oh, God. So then he goes out and he's like, I'm going to become a horse rancher. But he's like, nope, not enough horses have kicked me. Nah, I need more. <laughs> so then he's like, I'm going to become a firefighter in the national parks. You try to get me fires. Still just not enough to him, right? Now at this point, we're in 1965. Okay. Right? And he's been a Marine, a cop, a firefighter. So it's just buying it along. The world, meanwhile, is also changing along with yeah, him. Right? Yeah, Right? 1965, we're at like a hinge of history. Right. Everything's about to completely swing. We're already deep into civil rights. All of the stuff that's going to turn into the hippies is flowering. We see it all occurring, right? Now, he's looking at this world and he's like, you know what? I'm going to change too. I would like to transform and become the beautiful butterfly that is Alex Joseph. <laughs> Now, he's 28-year-old divorcee at this point, uh-huh. as I told you, former cop, former Marine, and uh, he decides now is the time to become a polygamist. 
Wow, he should have just become a crash test dummy. <laughs> just mixed it up. <laughs> well, he wants he wants some damage. Well, yeah, he, he oh, does he want damage? But uh, also, he wants the glory, not just the damage. Okay. You know, the damage is how you get the glory. That's okay. really what he's after: is the fame, the the accolades, the shining light. You know, mm-hmm. he wants the laurel wreath around his head. Mm-hmm. Now he decides, like you know, I'm going to become a polygamist. That should get me the shine I want, and I also probably need a nickname. So he gives himself the nickname El Brazo. <laughs> Wait, which is Spanish for the arm. Spanish for the brazo. <laughs> now, have you ever given yourself a nickname? Has that ever been something that's come up for you? <laughs> Certainly not the brazo. La, um, el mano. The hand. The hand. Uh, no, I've not. I've, I, aren't nicknames something that uh, should be bestowed upon you? Generally speaking. Like self-nicknaming is yeah, a little... Yeah, self-applied nicknames a little hinky. It's a little bit like, oh, wow, you're a little high on your own supply, ain't no, you? call me Kino. They're like, no, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going no to do that. No one calls you Kino, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, that's uh, unfortunately kind of how his nickname goes. He keeps using it. <laughs> Everyone else, uh, In like the third person, he's like, El Brazo doesn't want to do that. El Brazo's not paying that parking ticket. <laughs> El Brazo just destroyed that bathroom. <laughs> El Brazo lives free. Now, uh, El Brazo's pants are a little tight. <laughs> Continue. El Brazo. So uh, our man El Brazo, starting his new life as a polygamist, he decides to move to rural Montana because mm-hmm. there's this colony up there in this town called Pinesdale. And Pinesdale is home to a polygamist I don't know if I want to keep saying cult, but I'm probably going to just say cult, so forgive me if it's offends. But basically, there's a polygamous cult up there, and he's like, that's where I want to go be, right? And now it's being led by this dude named Rulon C. Allred. Rulon mm. is R-U-L-O-N, Rulon. Rulon. Rulon Allred. Now, he, Rulon is a peculiar dude. He, El Rulon. Yeah, <laughs> El Rulon. <laughs> he's a leader of his own Mormon splinter group, otherwise a.k.a. cult, and it's a Mormon fundamentalist colony, which was had split over the issue of polygamy, right? Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. do you know about the issues of polygamy in the Mormon church? I mean, yeah, not not deeply, but like... I got the history for you. Okay, you ready? Okay. thank you. 1852, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is the full government name for the Mormon church, mm-hmm. they decide that, um, you know, their leader, Joseph Smith, has a new revelation that the whole communities get down with, which is polygamy is the jam, man. He's like, you know what? I recommend that to all the men in the community. You need to get yourself some plural wives. And everyone's like, oh, word. He's like, yeah, that's the closest way to get to God. Huh. And you're like, okay, so bet. Let's do that, right? So they decide they're going to do this. But this becomes a problem because although they live in the land of the free, home of the brave, in a place where there's freedom of religion, you're not allowed to be a polygamist. Yeah. So these uh, constitutional rights are in loggerheads. So, so this wasn't an, an original part of Joseph Smith's framework. No, he, no, he like finds the uh, plates or whatever that yeah. he then interprets and everything. So then years later, he gets he keeps getting revelations. And so yeah. this is one of his updated revelations. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, got an update, y'all. God <laughs> just gave me a new download. <laughs> I get extra wives. Interesting. You guys do too, though. It's cool. <laughs> now, uh, the uh, Mormons, like, I don't know if people know this, and I'm not sure if you know this, but they had to fight for this right. And when I say fight, they fought wars. Oh, yeah. Wars against the U.S. government. Three mm-hmm. in Missouri, one in Utah, right? They're yeah. like, we want to keep our wives, damn it. We will fight and die for this. And 
it eventually becomes a problem when Utah wants to become a state. They're like, because they're a territory for the longest time. And so finally, at the end of the 19th century, they're like, can we be a state? They're like, America's like, yeah, you can join the union if you get rid of those polygamists. They're like, but that's our culture. Respect our culture. And they're like, no, that's our law book. And so like, <laughs> okay. So then the Mormons go, well, all right, switch it up. And so they decide to make a law saying polygamy is out. And then the church follows suit. And in 1890, the church makes it official. Mm. Polygamy is out, right? Okay. Now, a bunch of Mormons are like, oh, man, that's not right. And they, they don't cuss, but they're like, that's some BS, man. <laughs> and we're leaving America because if we can't be Mormons here and polygamists, which is part of being a Mormon because we want to get right with God, we're going to go to Mexico where we can go be polygamists. So a bunch of them leave, which includes uh, Mitt Romney's family. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're down there. And now <laughs> these fighting in polygamy Mormons, they are fighting the Mexican drug cartel to keep their land. Oh, like, like actively, today. You, you not... can go look at Vice videos about Mitt Romney these cousins getting in uh, semi-automatic what? gunfights with the Mexican cartels down in Mexico, trying to hold this land that they have been since wow. the end of the 19th century. Yeah, exactly. So they are a fighting culture. I don't think a lot of people get no, credit yeah. for that, right? So anyway, so back to the Mormons in America. There are some that decide not to go to Mexico. They decide to stay in Utah, Arizona, Montana. That's what Rulon Allred is, is one of the polygamists, and they're called Mormon fundamentalists. They decide to start a little colony in rural Montana where nobody's looking for them, right? Mm -hmm. So this, of course, when nobody's looking for it and you're trying to guess we get away with something, leads to all sorts of cultish behavior, mm -hmm. right? So you got rural communes, colonies, and a single guy going, God talks to me, right? Yeah. So this is a, a deal for the community, right? Now, Rulon Allred, as I said, is uh, saying God talks to him. And I mean officially, he is a living prophet on earth. Just like Joseph Smith. Officially. Yeah. And he's not the only one. There's apparently a lot of them. So mm. this is like kind of like a bag in the 60s and 70s is for you to suddenly become a, like a fundamentalist Mormon prophet. How does it, who, who makes it official? They do. They're like, God <laughs> talked to me. And people are like, really? And if anyone believes them, prophet. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. And so Alex Joseph goes up, meets this dude, Rulon Allred, listens to him. And he's like, yeah, man, I think you got, you got the truth right here, man. Like, this is the prophecy, what you're laying down. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to move up here and join your colony. Now, at this time, as I was saying, there's other Mormon leaders out there doing the same thing. In particular, there's one truly insane man named Ervil LeBaron. Hmm. Now, Ervil, that's E-R-V-I-L, is pretty much his name without the R. To the core, right? <laughs> now, he launched a war against Mormon fundamentalist splinter groups all through the 1970s, right? So LeBaron is hardcore into polygamy, and he's trying to rally all the polygamists who are Mormon fundamentalists together. So he gets into a blood feud. He starts fighting his own brothers. He gets into, like, a serious war, like a murder spree. But mm. we're not going to get into all that, even though he does threaten uh, Rulon Allred, right? But it doesn't matter for this story because our man, Alex Joseph, he bounces out of the compound before any of this occurs. Yeah. Right? Now, this is, at this point, we're up to about 1969. Okay. Okay? Okay. Now... As I told you, Alex Joseph, he believes that Rulon Allred is a living prophet on earth. And one day he's like, you know what? Maybe I could do that. That seems like a bad guy I'd be into. So he's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to become a prophet too. So now he's on the path to becoming the most famous polygamist in America, right? So he's like, uh, I need to get myself some wives. And so he's like all about, uh, you know, very beautiful women. So he decides he's going to get himself some beautiful wives. Now, <laughs> that is really the secret to why he becomes so famous. But we'll get into that in a second. But I bet you're wondering, why would women want to choose to be with a polygamous cult leader in the Utah desert? That's a good question. Right? It's like, I'm just 
I'm not a woman, but that would be my question if I were. It'd be like, you know, what do these women know that I don't know about living with a cult leader yeah. and a polygamist Who in the knows? Utah desert? So let's meet some of those wives. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. There was Elizabeth Joseph. She grew up in a different church. She was a Methodist. Mm -hmm. And uh, she then became a law student at the University of Montana at Missoula. Okay. Now, like most college students, she had roommates. One was named Joanna. The other had a more memorable name of Boudica. You know, Boudica, mm. the Celtic uh, yeah. warrior queen who fought the Romans in Britannia. Right. So she's named after her. And the roommates, they uh, meet this dude, Alex Joseph, while they're all students at University of Montana at Missoula. And Elizabeth describes him as, quote, funny, intelligent, and to us, ancient. Now, he at the time is 37 years old. So. Yeah. Well, when you're in college, that does feel... I mean, yeah. I can remember being in college and someone was dating some guy who was like 27 and we were all like, oh my God, he's like elderly. <laughs> he's like, you know, you just have this scooter, you know. Oh yeah, completely. He's got a retirement package. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, I want you to place yourself in the shoes of this other Elizabeth. Okay. Okay, you have a boyfriend. You've always been a busy on-the-go type, a real go-getter. Oh yeah. In high school, you were the yearbook editor. You were president of the student senate. Uh, you were also an honor student. Very mm -hmm. much like you, this mm -hmm. Elizabeth, Sounds right? like it. Now, you plan to be become a lawyer. And mm -hmm. I want you to picture it. Now, this is 69, you said? It's March 1970. 70. Okay. Okay. Now, on the top of the pop charts in March 1970, we have Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water, mm -hmm. followed by Creedence Clearwater Revival's Travel and Band, Who Will Stop the Rain. Rounding out the top three spots is Sly and the Family Stones. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Nice. All right. Now, everybody's a start. You're in the car with your roommates on your way to a group date. Oh. Your boyfriend's in the car. Boudica's there with her boyfriend. You're all on your way to dinner. It's Alex Joseph's treat because he knows you're all struggling college kids. Yeah. So at dinner, you guys are having fun. You're laughing. You're having talk about college. <laughs> exactly. Your boyfriend, he's a little shy. Boudica's boyfriend, he's a talker. So they're, he's chatting it up. Alex Joseph is charming the table. He's telling stories about flying across the prairie to Utah and Arizona in his private plane. Confident, charming gentleman, right? And... Yes. So Alex isn't my boyfriend. No, no, Alex is just there. He's just there. You just you have your boyfriend, and okay. Boudica has her boyfriend. You guys are all to dinner with Alex Joseph, and then right? he's just fifth wheeling it. Yep. And after dinner, right. you all enjoy a stroll in the night air of Missoula, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a college town, so there's other young people out, and you guys are seeing each other, waving, whatever. You and Boudica are chatting. You talk about how cool Alex seems, right? <laughs> then Alex Joseph goes home with your roommate Joanna, and uh, you don't see her for a few days. Oh. A month passes, then some more time, and then when you finally see your roommate again, she now says, oh, well, by the way, I got married. Oh. She decided to become a plural wife of that guy, Alex Joseph, who you met. And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> a little while later, Alex Joseph comes back to Missoula. But mm -hmm. Joanna doesn't come with him. This time, he just picks up Boudica, takes her out. They go out on the town, right? The two go for night. It's a nice night, apparently, because the next day, she decides to get married to Alex. What? Yes. <laughs> now, the next time you see Boudica, she tells you, and I quote, I got married in a motel room, just the four of us. It was beautiful. There was no white dress, no reception, no photo album, but all of those are for other people anyway. What counts is that Alex and I are in love. Those motel room weddings. And now suddenly so you're romantic. the only of your college roommates who is not married to Alex They're dropping Joseph. like flies all around me. <laughs> They're not just getting married. They're marrying the same guy. <laughs> so let's just take a little break and uh, I'll get back to what you and your college roommates are up to now that all of them are married <laughs> to the same guy. Wild, What's your future going to look wild like? Wild times. Can I rant for a sec? Please. 
pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. 
Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Elizabeth. Zarin. You were just playing the role of uh, the other Elizabeth, Montana, Missoula Elizabeth, and you watched all your roommates get married to this guy, Alex Joseph. Role of a lifetime. How are you feeling? Feel amazing. All right, feeling pretty loose, right? All of a sudden, you got a lot more room in the apartment. I'm going to law school. Yeah, exactly. Well, your roommates and their rash decision to go off and marry this Alex Joseph character, of course, is going to be met with repercussions. Sure. Their parents hear about this. And they're like, (laughs) wait, they did what now? And one of the pair of parents, they uh, drive all the way across Montana from Billings, Montana, about 300-mile drive, and they go out to the Rulon all-red polygamous compound. They find their daughter in the house of Alex Joseph. Joseph, and then they grab her up, throw her on the car, and they drive the 300 miles back to Billings, Montana. Good for them. Right? Now, Alex Joseph, he learns about this, and he's like, they did what now? <laughs> he gets in his car, not his private plane, and he drives that same 300 miles to Billings, Montana. <laughs> he goes and he knocks on the door, bang, bang, bang. And being Alex Joseph, he has arrived... You know, he's he's armed. He's carrying a serious oh weight. He's got a nine millimeter automatic on his person. So he's uh-huh. like, this is a problem getting back my wife, right? Now, he doesn't have a problem because his wife opens the door. They run to the car, drive away. He then sends a letter to the parents explaining himself and why he snatched back his wife, their daughter. Huh. And he says he was, quote, prepared to free my wife with whatever action was necessary. By any means necessary. Yes, he is the Malcolm X of polygamous Mormons. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, I mean, like, Malcolm X. You doesn't, doesn't she's don't deserve an that. adult, and if they're consenting, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, right? Well, she is an adult. She is yeah. consenting. So these it's, are it's all It's not like she was taken questions. against her will. No, and now, she may have been manipulated. But, there is that question. Yeah. That's the cult leader aspect. Yeah. So... Meanwhile, the uh, leader of this polygamous commune, uh, Rulon Allred, the living prophet on earth, mm-hmm. he, being a prophet, senses trouble. And he's like, you know, uh, <laughs> these parents are going to be an issue. So Alex Joseph, we need to talk. So he goes over to Alex Joseph's house and he's like, bang, bang, bang. Alex Joseph, charming as ever, opens the door. He's like, Rulon, my man, how's things? How's the wives? He's and knee deep in wives over there. <laughs> exactly, just knocking wives off his lap. <laughs> Rulon, let me get up just a second. So uh, Rulon is not pleased. Rulon is actually red-faced and pissed, right? And he tells uh, Alex, you did not seek nor receive approval from the priesthood council of my church. So he's like all serious about the paperwork, apparently. Sure. Alex Joseph is, you know, kind of a hot tit. He shouts back, you did it, Rulon, and now I'm following your example. I learned it by watching you, Dad. (laughs) Exactly. It's the drug act of your lifetime. Yes. So this is now his mantra, remember, is I'm a prophet too. So he's just going whole hog on it. So the two get yelling back and forth. Eventually, Rulon Allred's like, you're excommunicated. And so he tells him, you need to get out of this colony, right? (laughs) So he's like, okay. He's like, not only out of this colony, you got to get out of Montana or else. Oh. Because remember, I was telling you, these guys were in a rival fight, and there's old Ervil LeBaron. Well, my man <laughs> Rulon Allred was no slouch either on the threats. Yeah, because so. I get my first instinct is to be like, oh, or else. And then you know, these guys would do or else. Yeah, they are ready for the or yeah. else. They, got they are all, all about the else. <laughs> they, got, they got options for else. <laughs> so, anyway, the, now that Rulon has threatened him, Alex Joseph is like, you know what? It's time for me to start my own church. So, he then, when in doubt. Yeah, and also he takes another wife. So, oh, hey. because 
one and one. Why not both? So Boudica and Alex, uh, you know, his wife, third wife, I guess, Boudica, mm-hmm. she returns to Missoula for a visit. Oh, my old college town. I loved it here. I had so much fun before I became a married wife, right? And she's like mm-hmm. taking on the tour. Now, Boudica, for whatever reasons of her own, she decides to uh, try to sell Alex on getting another wife. She's like, you need a fourth. She's you know, tired. a nice round number. <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. tired of him. So, and this is, um, you're, a, you're Elizabeth. She right. later recalled that, quote, she wouldn't give Alex a moment's rest about me. She put my picture up on the headboard over his bed, and she wrote to me every day. Ew. Right? I thought you'd like that detail. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's over the, like, just look at her. <laughs> anyway, it works. Oh. Alex Joseph invites Elizabeth out to his ranch. She's like, you got to see the red rocks. It's a beautiful vista. She's like, I like rocks that are red. <laughs> so Elizabeth goes out there, and she's like, you know, well, here, I want you to be Mormon fundamentalist Elizabeth again. You ready for? I'm, I'm a, ready. Hold on. Okay, I can do it now. Okay. Now, picture this. Mm-hmm. Alex Joseph, who lives in southern Utah, mm-hmm. those red rocks I was telling you about, seven miles north of the Arizona border. He's, got, he's found his own commune. It's a ranch he's decided to have a go with, right? And he's building his new church. Being that he's a pilot, this rural distance isn't a problem for him. It doesn't mean the same thing it means to other people. He just gets up and joins the clouds anytime he wants, and then... Pops on down to his ranch, which sounds all enchanting right. to you. You're like, wow. Every time he talks about flying, you're imagining yourself in the clouds. He's a real jet setter. <laughs> so you agree to go with him and visit this ranch. Mm-hmm. You're like, ooh. Now, while you're there, you get married. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just slipped up and fell in a marriage. Oopsie. So it's a casual affair. Some would call it beautiful. Was, was it in a motel room? <laughs> no, this one was outside. A bright spring day. The parking lot? No, <laughs> outside of a quickie mart. <laughs> you got free slushies, though, so mm. that was good. No, yeah, now you are the fourth Mrs. Alex Joseph. You have joined the Sister Wives Club. Oh, boy. How do you feel when you're one big happy family? That's so good, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 1970 now. Uh-huh. And the hippie dream, by the way, is still alive and well in the country. I mean, you know, it pretty much is thought of as a 60s thing, but there's a big carryover oh, yeah. into the early years of the 70s. But at this point, a lot of people, they're living on communes. Mm-hmm. People have been fleeing into Canada trying to avoid the draft. Mm-hmm. So you got fugitives and commune people doing their own like, oh, I'm going to find my new way of living, right? So there's Going this, off the grid. Exactly. Stuff, yeah. Completely. Total spirit of independence going off the grid. The Mormon fundamentalists fit right into that, right? So Alex Joseph is just out there living the dream. You're out there with him, and you decide, you know what? This is working for me. I mm. like this lifestyle with my sister wife. So you pop back to Missoula. You finish your last quarter of law school, or sorry, uh, pre-law, and then you graduate, and then now your husband has big plans for your future. Is this like multi-level marketing for wives? Am I have to go get some down market ones? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to go door to door and find new wives. You saw Boudica got you involved, so I'm saying MLM all over <laughs> so it. Boudica's the bottom wife? Yeah. <laughs> So your husband, meanwhile, he's uh, got about 20 mouths to feed every day. So he's, Wait, 20? Oh, because they're popping out kids. Oh, yeah. Popping out kids. Exactly. So he's uh. got about 20 mouths to feed every single day. So he's needing to make a good bit of money. So what is he doing? He's pushing, Multi-level marketing. Ew, that's the one thing. That's how he gets the house clean. <laughs> but for, for the put the bread on the table, he's using, uh, he's pushing uh, health food, like vitamin supplements. Herbalife. Yeah. Multi-level marketing. <laughs> it's the 70s. It's everywhere. <laughs> But that's how he's going to pay for you to go to the University of Utah Law School. Oh, 
Yeah. Shazam. Because, yeah, you know, he wants that law school sister wife. Oh, yeah, to get an in-house lawyer. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, I think I saw that TV show in the 90s, Law School Sister Wife. It's <laughs> <laughs> on TLC. It was canceled. It was after four episodes. Here's the thing, though. It was not particularly common for women to, I mean, like, there weren't a lot of women in law school in the late 60s, early 70s. They couldn't have a credit card at that time. Very true. So how are you going to pay for law school? Right. Wow, so that's pretty, you know, that's yeah, pretty exactly. groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. He's a little uh, forward thinking, right? Yeah, but I think his forward thinking is like if I have and basically a sister wife on service. retainer. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the early 1970s. Alex Joseph and his many wives, your sister wives, uh-huh. they have all picked up and they're in southern Utah, right? And you've, they've been pushed off the first plot. They have now their second plot, which they've turned into a growing concern. But the problem is, is this is on Bureau of Land Management's land. Uh, oh. National land, a.k.a. the people's land. Oh, are they? They're uh, squatting. Yeah, but are they um, sovereign citizens too? They're using homesteading acts. All They're right. saying that they have the right to homestead. Adjacent. Yes, yeah. totally adjacent. A lot of like, I have an old law that I'm mm-hmm. citing. You're like, nobody. Oh, yeah. boy. So this is the start of his legal fight against the U.S. government. Okay. So over the course of this fight, Alex gets arrested six times. Oh. Yeah. He, oh, he's spending time behind bars now because he is a polygamist, which is illegal in the United States. Right? So he can always be arrested for that. But they're trying to get him on other things, you know, tax evasion, weapons possession, something else so they can make a, an embarrassment out of him, right? Uh-huh. Now, also remember, he's been excommunicated from his Mormon splinter church, so he's also illegal under their law as well. So both under God and under the courts. And if he's been excommunicated from the splinter church, so he's like that far removed from like Salt Lake City that... Whoa. Yeah, he got no protection. He's an outlaw. It's just him and his sister wives. He's right? a nomad. <laughs> he's, he's gone nomad. He's gone total nomad. He's doing it for him, not the club. Not the club. So... All this aside, uh, since he's in Utah, he's mostly safe, though, because the state attorneys general is like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Joseph is, quote, not legally married to any of his wives. Mm. They, they signed contracts. So therefore, technically, he's not a polygamist. So yeah. no convictions are able to really land. And so he just keeps fighting and they just keep papering him, the arresting him. FBI agents are harassing him. But he does still, meanwhile, have Ervil LeBaron to worry about. Remember oh, him? Yeah. Ervil LeBaron. Evil <laughs> without the R. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> well, Ervil, meanwhile, is fully embroiled in his war right now. He has already uh, dispatched Rulon Allred up to Mormon fundamentalist heaven. Okay. Oh, that's a gentle way to put it. And he's got Alex Joseph uh, running a little tight. Uh, He's looking over his shoulder. He's carrying lots of heavy guns on him. At one point, he gets interviewed by a reporter, and the reporter notices his paranoia. And I quote, Mm -hmm. Joseph, too, has received threats. For protection, he carries several weapons. He sleeps at various times and is, quote, suspicious of everything. During an interview for this article, Joseph put a loaded gun, hammer open, on the table in a small apartment. The gun barrel was pointed squarely at this interviewer. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say no on that one. Is the story worth that much? Oh, as a journalist, yes. I got to say yes, because you don't really think well, he's going to shoot you. as someone who likes being alive, no. <laughs> see, we have different priorities. Yeah, and I would like, get scold the story. him, too. You're like, get to tomorrow. I'm like, let's live to see tomorrow, and you need to knock that off, yeah. Buster Brown. I would probably just that's look to see I, how clean it is. If it was super clean, I'd worry. If it's not super clean, I'm like, this guy can't shoot. <laughs> it's all shoot. rusted. It's yeah. like he got it out in the desert. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was clean. He was... Uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. He... He, he, like, sneezes and throwing stars come out of his shirt sleeves. It's dangerous. <laughs> There's no safety there. Well, he explains to this interviewer why it is that he is this way, and he tells them, and I quote, mm-hmm. I take no chances. I'm always on guard. There are hundreds of people out there who want to put me in the sand. Everyone wants to put El Brazo in the <laughs> sand. <laughs> you can't try to take El Brazo down, brother. <laughs> now, 
he's got his many wives and uh-huh. they are unafraid. Unlike him, they're not carrying around weapons or being afraid of Earl the Baron, right? They have complete faith in their shared husband. Yeah. Now, I know you're wondering about his wives, even though you haven't asked about them. <laughs> Just desperately wondering. <laughs> I know. You're like over there sitting there. I want to know so more how about ma- them. how many are there? Remember, there's 20 over the course, right? 20 uh, total. 20 total over the course of his life. That's estimated. That's his own estimation. <laughs> he doesn't quite know. He lost <laughs> Does, track there in the middle is years. This like, is this like when some people you talk to him like, how many dogs have you had in your life? Yeah, a lot like that. And then, like, <laughs> the, you know, some met unfortunate ends. Mm-hmm. Other, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a, a couple of his wives divorce him. A couple of them are just fly-by-nights. But uh, most of them he holds down, right? Fly-by-nights meaning they escaped. <laughs> they left. They got out by <laughs> nightfall. <laughs> so they were one day by nightfall flew away. <laughs> anyway, uh, can you imagine life as a sister wife? Mm, no. Although, here's the thing. Like... I, you know, if it's consensual and they all just want to live together, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really give a toss what anyone does mm-hmm. as long as, but if it's coerced, you know, yeah, obviously. No, yeah, we're against that. But I just. Let's imagine that it's all uh, consensual I think, adults. But I think that then you, in the, in these situations, and you kind of do look at it like a, a legal contract kind of, if you're mm-hmm. saying that marriage is the component of the legal contract sure. part. I don't know how emotionally involved, evol- involved. Evolved, involved. <laughs> I could be like I don't know. I I I could not have like share someone with a bunch of other broads, hmm. you know. And I'd feel weird about. It. And but then I guess if you really aren't that invested in them, you just be like, all right, look, we're sharing the labor for this guy. This, <laughs> whatever, we'll take turns we all the with free our health supplements we want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be out here sweeping the dust off this dusty back patio. <laughs> It'll be right you gotta, back. you gotta do the laundry. I mean, like, especially if you got a grip of kids like mm-hmm. that. No, wait, we'll flip it though. So instead of you having to like, you know, spread uh, like house care and child care, right. what if you are the wife to a harem of brother husbands? Oh, and that's interesting. So let's flip it entirely. I don't want to deal with all that mess. <laughs> No, they're cleaning up the mess. Are they gonna they're f- your brother husbands. You got them on like, you know, short patrol. Can I can I banish some if they're annoying? Oh, yeah. No, totally. That's part of the rule. He does that. Alex Joseph has a house that he sends like ones off to and they're like being a little like. Well, I'm officially a prophet now. And so <laughs> let's see. Maybe. I don't know. Again, still, I, there's too many moving parts. Too <laughs> Literally. Many people are, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't like to to judge, but you know I do love to judge. Yeah, secretly I love to judge. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. The whole like man harem. Mm -hmm. Harry man harem. (laughs) Imagine that bathroom sink. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm going to wind up, I'm going to wind up doing the laundry of seven dudes. (laughs) I'm going to wind up cleaning out. Yeah, exactly. Screw that. Like Sven, I told you about the sink. (laughs) Uh, Jurgen, they're all Swedes for some reason. I'm like, oh, you're, you're gross. Importing them from Minnesota. <laughs> well, of Alex Joseph's group of first wives, the original seven or so, mm-hmm. uh, he'd met his first wife, Dale, after his regular marriage, his original marriage, his Dale. OG flavor marriage broke up. <laughs> And he married Dale. Now, okay. His second wife was Margaret. She was 25. Mm-hmm. Quote, she left her husband because the demands of being a lone woman were too much. Then there was Judy, 21. She was, quote, the beautiful long-haired blonde who met Joseph while she was in the third year at University of Montana. She was a national scholarship holder, a skiing instructor, and a campus leader. That's you, Elizabeth. Remember her? Oh. They have uh, camp names. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> They gave themselves nicknames. Oh, yeah. No, you won't so hit, what am I calling myself, Judy? Yeah, at this point now, you've changed your name to Judy. 
Okay, that's yeah, believable. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, What's Bo- your name, Boudica Cherie? changes her name to Carmen, which is like, you're just going to, to, to opera names now? I don't even yeah, get it. Anyway, from history to opera. I named myself after Judy Tenuta. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carmen is uh, 21. That's Boudica. Then there was also uh, Teresa, also 21. You'll notice an age theme here. Uh-huh. Now, this is uh, interesting about Teresa. Quote, she was brought to Alex by her mother, who stayed on as a cook in the restaurant. The family discovered Alex in a singles newspaper, which published an interview with him. Teresa Wait. has two children from a marriage when she was one of two wives. He was an interviewed in a <laughs> singles. singles. Thing. Yeah, like a, I don't um, know. Like a war, not single. A cautionary tale. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, it could be worse. He's No, it's a singles paper. We're like, let's interview someone who's, Ex- who's like extra not single. Yeah, who's really good at getting married. Who's unsingle. <laughs> he doesn't relate to you at all. And then what, her mom is cookie down at the shop. Yeah, she's like, you need to marry my daughter. Oh, this is a yeah. hot mess. Okay, so then we got Joan, 21. She was married to Joseph in March 1973, and she likes to call herself the sixth or seventh wife. Even she lost track. <laughs> she's so close enough for government well, work. you have to understand, she got that because she was one of a triplet, and her sister was also married to another polygamist. Wait, what? She's, she's one a, of three. Yeah, she's triplets. a triplet. She's a triplet. Oh my God. And her sister, one of the other triplets, is also married to a polygamist who was a follower of the prophet Alex Joseph. But not the same one. He didn't. One of them had common sense. One of the triplets. (laughs) But he didn't marry three out of the same batch. No, one of the triplets married his follower and then he married one of the triplets. And the third one's like. I thought he married the whole litter. No. (laughs) Now remember, he's also the leader of a startup church, you know, a cult leader. Mm -hmm. So, which is a super popular occupation in the 1970s for men. It was like really an option. Like, do you want to sell? Cars, auto insurance, or maybe be a cult, cult leader. leader. I, I tested well on cult leaders. <laughs> so, lastly, now we come to his last wife, which is uh, Paulette Combs. She was Miss Teen Kentucky, nineteen seventy three. Oh, ooh yeah. la la! And she's sixteen years old when she gets married. Oh, okay. Now that's where I draw the line. There. Yes. Now this last marriage gives a little insight into how it all works. Uh, quote: At a wedding ceremony overlooking the Brigham Plains, Utah, where the other wives sang songs after each giving permission to accept her as a sister wife, Paulette said, "I've never been happier than at this moment. I am honored to become a member of a family where there is so much." love. Her new husband, Alex, boasted, I'm the lucky one. Paulette is beautiful. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Now, Elizabeth, since I know you're wondering how it all works in the bedroom, you're just too decent <laughs> to ask. They all share him. So there you go. I was not wondering. I had put in a hard, <laughs> hard steel wall. Wall of Jericho. I was. It, Jer- I nope. had completely desexed this entire thing, <laughs> and they were just roommates. Well, and I didn't. Let's stop that. That walls up. Wall I know, going up. I know you're just pretending because you are curious. And so I quote: Alex himself insists there's no competition for either his body or his time. He just spreads himself freely. I bet he does. Way, how it works is the women would tell him like, hey, my moon's good or like my temperature's right for baby making. We should do it tonight. And he's like, all right, come a knocking on the door and the bedroom will be a rocking. Oh my God. Yeah. So, Enough. you know, uh, anyway. the, uh, the this, I'm just, I'm just doing the laundry. I'm minding my own business. <laughs> just sweeping in the back. Just, just sweeping the, the, sweeping the dirty ground. Like I'm not even on the patio. Sweeping the dust onto the dirt. I am sweeping the dirt back to Zion National <laughs> Park. Yeah. One of his uh, early wives, she said, nobody understands polygamy like Alex does because Alex is the smartest man on earth. That's the 16-year-old? No, no. That was the 21-year-old. You. Oh. Yeah, Elizabeth. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, let's take a quick break now that we've met the wives Mm -hmm. and I'll get to how all of this gets resolved in the most peculiar way. I love it.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC 
was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Elizabeth, you and your sister wives are enjoying a great life here in southern Utah. How are you digging it so far? Is it great? Yeah, of course it is. It's amazing. You've got all these chores to share. you got the (laughs) most brilliant man in the the world world. spreading himself around. And his seat around, and you raise those kids as a big family. Sounds awesome. What's not to love? Sounds awesome. Well, apparently, the sister wives, they consistently, in everything I read, they said that being a sister wife worked well for them. Did I ever get to go to law school? Yes. And you graduated. You oh. become a lawyer. But I don't really have a practice. Some of them become journalists. No, you do. Like, some become journalists. You're still in law school at this time. You're getting your law degree. And we'll get into But don't I live out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, but you, he's got a private plane. He flies you in. Mm. Remember, he's making lots mm. of money pushing pills of health hey, and stuff. Am I happy? Oh, completely. That's you're, all that matters. You're feeling completely evolved. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, well, here's the thing. The sister wives, they all say that by having uh, partners in the traditional roles of motherhood and and being a wife, mm-hmm. it allows them time to do other stuff because there's always one to take care of the kids, always one to like attend to the husband's needs. And so a few of the rest can do stuff like get a law degree. Mm-hmm. So they keep talking about it as a feminist practice. Mm, okay. They, one of them even goes to the National Organization of Women and gives like a speech about it. <laughs> How'd and, that go? Yeah, this mid-70s, the National Organization of Women didn't quite know what to make of them because they're like, they are emancipated in the sense they get to do more than a lot of other women and they do seem to be quite content. It is their choice. Yeah. I, I just don't want to believe his <laughs> words. So it was really confounding, right? Until you hear Alex Joseph's take, and then it all gets cleared right yeah, up. Yeah, I would imagine so. You ready? Yeah. I quote my man, Alex Joseph. Yes. I'm a chauvinist pig. No oh. question about it. The women's liberation movement is going to hate me, but women's liberation didn't get born out of polygamy. It got born out of monogamy. It was monogamy that was holding the women captive. My wives don't belong to a woman's liberation group, and I'll tell you, there isn't a woman who does who has got the same liberties and freedoms my wives do. Okay, so that's that's what you got at home? No, this is not so good. (laughs) Not so feminist, huh? No, not so much. (laughs) So... Because I know you also want to know more about life inside their happy home. (laughs) You just don't want to admit it. Please, tell me more. I'll let you know how it is that they manage the children and the whole, like, how do we share Alex? And I don't mean sexually. I mean, just, like, who sits next to him on the couch, you know, like, when you're watching a movie together. knock yourselves out, ladies. I want no part of that. Who's making the popcorn, right? (laughs) (laughs) So... This is from a news story, uh, the one reporter captured when they went to the Alex Joseph compound in 1975, and you are still a happy sister wife at this time, and okay. you are a, almost about to graduate from law school. Okay. Quote, when Alex Joseph leaves for work, he kisses a dozen cheeks, pats six children on the head, and proceeds to earn sufficient money that day to feed 20 people three meals. 
You see the thing. Mm-hmm. And he, when he flops on the couch come evening, a beautiful black-haired girl slips under one arm, a long-haired blonde smuggles under the other, while a trim, lovely, wearing a Bowie knife brings him coffee. <laughs> Wait. And another wearing a bandolier opens a briefcase to discuss various legal problems. Oh, my God. Wait, am I wearing a bandolier? <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, my God. This is like a fever dream. <laughs> I'm so confused by my fake life here. <laughs> well, when your husband is going out of the house to earn all the keep for you and the other 19 mouths to feed, he, the, how he does it is by harvesting wild ginseng from the red hills of the desert. <laughs> Give me a break. He man. also buys turquoise jewelry from the local Indians. Of course he and does. He, he upsells it on out markets who can't MLM. get to it. MLM. Yes, exactly. MLM. And he, of course, he also has his restaurant, El Brazo's Red Desert Inn. No. <laughs> yes. He, oh, oh boy. <laughs> He's pulling down a quarter million a year from all these different scams and and business opportunities but doesn't it sound like a like a 70s like b movie where he's just lounging around oh yeah all these ladies draped on him Mm -hmm. well dude the uh, wife and the bandolier with the briefcase of legal issues uh, me (laughs) as she could well attest there is a lot of trouble outside of this happy love nest it sounds like but inside 70s fever dream 70s fever dream but like a constant stream of reporters apparently oh yeah and also fbi agents oh because i've been kind of leaving out that is <laughs> there's of. a stream of fbi agents always but i told you i hinted at it earlier they're arresting them all the time yeah well, they're harassing them they go down to el brazo's red desert <laughs> inn and they, they check on like the health food inspections or whatever <laughs> they have to see if they can catch him slipping right and it's just not working now according to uh our man alex joseph he claims that there is a list of 300 people who would like to have him sworn who have sworn to kill him oh and remember Ev- ervil lebaron is still alive and he's got his and sworn blood oath, and he's, he's yeah, he's putting people in the sand. Mm. So Alex Joseph, meanwhile, isn't going anywhere. And he uh, tells a news reporter, quote, I've been run out of Montana, run out of California. And now we're holed up here in the hills and we're running no more. Oh. So he and the sister wives are ready to fight, right? <laughs> now, the BLM has been suing him repeatedly, trying to, like, paper him and bankrupt him on legal fees. So they have been, like, and he claims to be a part of a group of homesteaders. So they're doing a whole, like, constitutional fight. So a lot of legal paperwork. Yeah. And he's been squatting, you know, for years. And so he keeps doing this. And the BLM is like filing lawsuit after lawsuit and the FBI agents are harassing him. And he keeps an AK-47 on him for the presumed raid he's waiting for. And so like when these reporters come out to talk to him, he'll be out there like firing his AK-47 into a mountainside at a bunch of Coke cans and be like, that's how I'll bring down a $250,000 government helicopter with just a 15 cent bullet. Oh my God! <laughs> I know this you is love very your husband. like Gaddafi and his Amazonian guards. Oh yes, Doesn't totally that sound feels like, like yeah. that. Well, also remember he has the Bible, which he keeps on him at all times. So that's you know the other he part keeps of, that thing on him. <laughs> I keep that thing hot. So he pulls that thing out at any cause, <laughs> and he's like. Um, by the way, did you know that there are 50 places in the Bible where polygamy is not only allowed, but is actually recommended? And people are like, no, I had never heard that. I did not know the Bible was cool with polygamy like that. He's like, not only that, but Jesus Christ himself was a polygamist. Now, I've read the Bible. I do not remember yeah. Jesus Christ having a harem of honeys, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Joseph keeps it moving. So in 1977, he founds himself a new church because, you know, things evolve. He's got this legal fight, so he wants to get ahead of the, the FBI and the government. So if he's a church, it'll be harder to get his land, right? right so he's like, right. got to do this. So he creates the Church of Jesus Christ in Solemn Assembly. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's like a whole little knockoff, obviously. Yeah, she's Church yeah. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's like, how about Solemn Assembly? <laughs> we mean it, man. Hey, he looks around. How are we assembling right now? We're pretty solemn, pretty I'd solemn. say. Pretty solemn. I'd say we can do this. And he's all... <laughs> 
fires in the air. <laughs> bang, bang. He also, by the way, creates at the same time the Confederate Nations of Israel. Oh. Just, just try to unpack that one. I don't know which place, which end you start with. He's he's sneaking up on sovereign citizenship. Oh, yeah, he's, he's stomping on it. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's oh. boots deep into it at this point. <laughs> so he, this is meant to be the political wing of his church. It's comparable to Joseph Smith's Council of 50, which was like the, their political wing. Right, right. So he has a great quote where he says this is all about Jesus. Uh, can you d- deal with one more quote from a man, Alex I, Joseph? Yes, I can. Well, in his words, and I quote, We're here trying to do one thing, win the approval of God by a deliberate following of the example of Jesus Christ. Whether we are or not, mm, we're doing something that baffles the world, which is exactly what Christians have always done. If you teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will chase you. They will put a contract out on your life. They will put you in jail and they will kick you out of their houses. They have done all those things to us. What I'm trying to determine is whether I have a constitutional right to set up a monarchy in southern Utah. I'm married to my wife because we have the constitutional right to contract an aristocratic royal marriage. Plural marriage is not an alternative lifestyle I found. I found an alternative to democracy, an alternative to being oppressed by the majority. The alternative I found was Christianity. Makes no absolute Dude, sense. I feel like Jesus is like exhausted. And he's just like, oh my God. All right. A couple notes. One, you're totally wrong. Were you you listening? (laughs) Do you have any? He's he's so exasperated. Please read the article, not just the headline. He's constantly getting upset about the clickbait. He's like, keep my name out your mouth. (laughs) So now he's like, you know, like, look, I'm a king in the desert, like my man, Jesus Christ, (laughs) and a polygamist, like my man, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But unlike Jesus Christ, I'm also a gun-toting former cop and Marine who's also in a war to overthrow the U.S. government. Right. So mind your P's and Q's on the ranch. <laughs> now, as the as this story develops, he is about to make democratic history, which is just all kinds of ironic because mm-hmm. of what I just told you, right? Yeah. Well, you remember how I told you one of his many wives said Alex Joseph was the smartest man on earth? Yeah. Your, your husband, you know him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a total genius. <laughs> well, around this time, we're up to about 1980 now, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, He's kind of fallen out of favor because the 70s are waning. We're about to get into Reagan America. People don't care so much about a polygamist in the desert in the Utah. It's just not that 70s anymore. So he's like, how do I get back in the national news headlines? Oh, God. He's like, I got to take it back to the deep cuts, the old school original hits. So he goes back and he says, you know what Joseph Smith did to get attention? So he announces, just like Joseph Smith before him, he has discovered and decoded his own ancient relic that proves that Jesus was misunderstood. And to quiet the non-believers, he claims that due to his FBI training, and I quote, Utah polygamist, this is from a news story in the Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. Quote, Utah polygamist Alex Joseph said Friday he used techniques he learned at an FBI fingerprinting school to translate writings on an Egyptian burial disc, which contains so much information, quote, the Encyclopedia Britannica can be rewritten. Oh. Now, he makes his announcement along with his new book, Dry Bones, A Resurrection of Ancient Understandings, <laughs> and he claims, or explains rather, that the ancient Egyptian text that is on the burial disc, which he discovered buried in, I guess, Arizona, <laughs> and spent time decoding, is written in three languages. There is a mathematical one, a geometrical one, and an astro- astronomical one. Okay, and right. it's an Egyptian artifact 
in Arizona that in, has three languages that two of them are mathematical. But is one, this some ancient alien stuff? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, we're out past even <laughs> that dude in wild You hair. know, he takes it back to the old compound and they're like, yeah, that makes total sense. And like looking at each other all wide. <laughs> like, like, is it time to pack our bags? The, yeah. <laughs> Can we go get Tupperware? So, you know, meanwhile, he's telling everybody that this will provide information on Jesus Christ, resurrection, the connection between the Egyptians, the Hebrews, the Celts, the Druids, and of course, the American pioneers. Oh, of course. Because the ancient Egyptians were on that. They knew what was coming in the future. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. People need to know about this place called America. So in 1983, after that fails to get him the acclaim he wants, (laughs) he decides he's going to get into politics. He's like, you know what? That's the future of America these days. Sure. So he renames his town Big Water, Utah. Because it's in the desert and big water fits. (laughs) I don't know. He names himself the first mayor. Actually, technically he has an election, but it's it's all his family. (laughs) So they all name him the mayor. At least they're allowed to vote in that town. (laughs) Which also now makes him, by the way, the first official openly polygamist mayor in America. Oh. And he's also a Republican. Is so that, he's a, the first official Republican polygamous mayor in America. Is that, it's not an incorporated town though, It is, right? yeah, it incorporates. That's he why he gets a town and you have a mayor, yeah. Wow. And his wife, you, by the way, are the city att- <laughs> are the city attorney. Well, sure. Yeah, so good good job on you. Wow. Look at that law degree paying off, You know, huh? I got a job, I got a degree, I yeah. got someone cleaning the house. This is great. <laughs> other sister wives taking care yeah, of No, I'm just going to be out back yeah, sweeping the desert. filing new paperwork against BLM again. <laughs> again. <laughs> well, out of this heat gets him back in the national news because a polygamous mayor who's a Republican, that's good for headlines. And the libertarians come around. They're like, hey, man, you ever thought about switching parties? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I could be into that. And he decides to become a libertarian. So then he switches, and then you and the whole city council all switch parties. And so now the whole town is it's the first town ever run by an entire libertarian government. Wow. So there you go. That's where you get libertarians. There's your government. There you go. So meanwhile, people are like, hey, man, uh, Alex Joseph, how is it that you, a polygamist, a known law breaker, can be the mayor and upholder of the law? It's like, good question. I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) What I do doesn't break the law. I've been doing it openly out in front for years. Now, I think someone needs to tell him that's not how the law works. It's not like, oh, if you've been violating the law for at least 10 years, you no longer but have to listen to that law. Is it though? It's like when I was like, if you haven't worn this outfit in five years, you should throw it out. If you haven't followed this law for five Doesn't years, count. throw it out. Doesn't count. Well, in 1994, after three terms as the mayor of Big Water, Utah, Alex Joseph walks off into the sunset, sends his sombrero flying off into the distance and says, I'm out of politics. And he just retires to live with his sister wives. And for the next four years, he does exactly that until he dies in 1998. Huh. Yep. He has seven wives at the time out of his 20 of his lifetime. And he left behind an estimated, can you guess how many children? Oh, <sighs> tell me. 21. Great day in the morning. 23 grandchildren. Wow. Well, that's not a lot of grandchildren come out of 20. Well, I don't know. It's yeah. That was a while ago, though. Well, no, because remember, he's he's getting them pregnant in like the 70s. And they, yeah, and, and then he 19, has 20, so he has 21 children. But so they're only just has, starting into the grandchildren years, if you work out. I guess, out, yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, are they still there? They are still there, out there, mm-hmm. yep. And I, they have an openly gay mayor. They did uh, after him, and that was a big talk. And some wow. of the sister wives were like, I'm not down with that. But, you know, to each their own. So huh. they're very well, yeah, they wanna, open they They're hoping people say that to them. Yeah, they like to be an exemplar of libertarian values. <laughs> so there's our story of Alex Joseph and his wow. mini wives. The coat of many colors. Wow. <laughs> so what's our ridiculous takeaway, Elizabeth, um, the sister wife? <laughs> the ridiculous takeaway is, for me is I, I'm torn about 
wanting people to be able to do what they like and mm-hmm. but then i'd worry about the exploitation <laughs> no i know i exactly i mean the the 16 year old uh yeah miss, that's troubling. miss kentucky teen and troubling is an understatement yeah exactly no that's clear that uh basically well here just to put it all into a fine point like you I agree that people should be allowed to be as freaky deaky as they want. I want sure. everyone to do what they want as long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Uh, and this is my last quote from Alex Joseph. He said, and I quote, We should have the right, the right to be considered normal people, not freaks. We should have the right to be proud of ourselves and our ways. We don't push polygamy on others. We want others to understand and accept us. Hmm. Now, I agree with him. There are no freaks under the sun. So as long as you're not sure. hurting anybody, I sure. totally agree. But the 16-year-old daughter... That's where it gets... Well, and he, you know, he you know, has a track record. You can see that he's... And they're all young. He's not marrying any, like, up 40-year-old sister wives. Well, he wants, you know, young, able to be bred. And, yeah, and he, he, the, when he focuses on the 16-year-old, he's not like, oh, we have such a great report. He's like, look at her. She's beautiful. I'm the lucky one. Yeah. So I what's think he going to talk idea. to a 16-year-old about? What do they have in common? Yes. Yeah. What, what interests could they share? Bird watching. <laughs> Rock skipping. So, as we've always said, you and I keep saying this, we don't really like to judge anybody on this stuff. And it's debatable about if this was consent. This was a little bit different time. A 16-year-old, I'm not going to get into all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know her. I don't know what she... But she said that she made her decision free consenting adult, so forth. So, let's just say that's the case just for the sake of argument. Yeah. But let's make no mistake, Alex Joseph is no folk hero. No. This dude is not my dude in this case. And uh, he's just a dude who went up against the law. And so he could do whatever he wanted to do, which is very common. It's actually surprisingly common amongst people who were once cops. He and, sounds and, like he got away with and it. And people like me, you know, to he, be fair. He got away with it, though. Yeah, he did, pretty much. Huh. He broke the law long enough and it wasn't <laughs> a law he had to follow, I guess. <laughs> so that's the story of Alex Joseph and his mini wives. I like it. Not so. really, but I like it. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. I'm Elizabeth Dutton. Over there is my sister wife, Zaren Burnett. <laughs> Howdy. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. You got a tip for us about a ridiculous crime that you committed and you'd like us to hear about? Hit us up. You want to confess to a ridiculous crime that your family committed? We love those too. Rat them out. Hit them up. Rat them out. And uh, email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett, produced and edited by leader of the Church of the Free People of Rhode Island, Dave Couston. Research is by former cult leader turned mayor of our hearts, Marissa Brown. The theme song is by Right Reverend Thomas Lee and the living prophet, Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, I found a sacred burial disc, Bolin and Noel, I bet I can decipher that, Brown. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 